Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Well, welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. It's good to visit with you again. This is Craig McConnell, and today I am joined by Chris Hack and Morgan Snyder, and we're pretty excited about introducing a, a new season of podcasts here and some material and things that are been happening at Ransom Heart. Morgan, why don't you just kind of brief us on, on what we're going to be doing these next few weeks on the podcast? Thanks, Craig. Boy, I am so excited about this. Um, we have been now offering four-day Wild at Heart boot camps um, for over a decade. Ten it's unbelievable. Years. Over wow. 10 years, thousands and thousands of men on different continents um, have experienced God hmm. in ways, as many say, yeah. like they've never experienced him before. Hmm. And um, And so... What we've done is basically taken 10 years of that content and we've packaged it to make it available to more people that haven't been able to yet attend a Wild at Heart boot camp with us in Colorado or one of our boot camps in another country or another part of our country. So this is really exciting content. What we wanted to do was walk through the content and give um, some samples, give, uh-huh. give a taste of what goes on behind the scenes at our boot camp. And so we're going to go in to the next 12 podcasts, um, session by session, some of the most powerful content we've ever recorded. And beyond the sessions, we've come back to the studio and added uh, other deeper conversations with our team, going into our stories, real-time content, real-time mm. issues, real-time ways we're walking with God in the message of Wild to Heart. So I think you're really going to enjoy this. Great. So th- we're going to be doing some excerpts from these different sessions. Exactly. And I think we'll start with just the first session. It's the heart of a man where on the first night of a Wild Heart Boot Camp, John Mm. goes into a strong teaching about what is set deep in the heart of every man. What are those core desires? Mm. And then Craig and Bart and myself, we have a chance to give some responses and some thoughts. And Mm. we've had some conversation on it. And all of that's part of the heart of a man. And we're going to pick an excerpt from that to bring you into today. There's so much contained in the stories that we love as men, and there's a reason that we love them. They're calling to us, awaken us, awaken that deep heart within us. There is a heart that God put within you, and every story that you love, every that stirs you to passion is reminding you of the life that you were meant to live, that you were created to live. I'm going to kind of take a safari of the soul. We're going to go on an adventure, a treasure hunt. And what we're looking for is the true heart of God and the heart that he put within us as men. If you go back into the story in Genesis chapter 1, the very first thing that's said about you refers to your gender. 
right? Genesis 1, God creates this phenomenal world in all of its wild goodness, in its beauty. And then he does something really remarkable. He creates his own image, right? Male and female, he created them. This is the very first thing that is said about human beings, that you are made in the likeness like God. You are his son. And secondly, at the level of gender. It doesn't say that God made people, right? God made humankind, right? It says he made them male and female. I mean, right there, one of the most distinctive, crucial, important things about us is being revealed. It's absolutely phenomenal. We've lost this, especially this late stage in Western culture. We've lost this. The dignity of it. Your story doesn't begin with sin, by the way. Okay? The story doesn't begin with Genesis 3. It doesn't start with the fall. So many attempts of a presentation of, of the gospel or of Christianity try and start there. Oh, no. Oh, no. It starts earlier. Right? It starts with this dignity bestowed with a strength that is given. You have the heart in you that you do because it's a reflection of the heart of God. You have a masculine heart. And that heart bears the image, contains within it the heart of God, the same heart he does. I mean, really, if we could just get this, I mean, down into like the marrow of our bones, it would change our lives forever. It absolutely would. It'll take a little time to get there, but this is so transformative. You have a heart. That might be a new piece of information. (laughs) That heart is how you bear the image of God, and it is male. Gender is at the level of the soul. It's the deepest thing about a human being. That and the image of God, because that's how and where we bear the image of God. Women bear the image of God also, but in a very different way, in a distinctly feminine way. And so what we want to chase after, what we want to get to is that, the true heart of God and the heart that he has put within us as men. There's a, a commonality in this room. There are things that every one of us share together as men no matter how old you are, no matter your background, your race, where you grew up, there are things that are so universal and so deep in us, it's true all across the world and all through time. But then there are things that are very particular to you as well, because he doesn't just you know, make widgets, he makes very unique creatures, he makes men in his image. And so there are things that you bear in your heart alone and there are things that we share together, and we're going to chase all of that. It's, it's almost like an archaeological dig that we're going on here to get that out from under the rubble, right, and, and see it restored and alive and free. I mean, if you want to get your life back, you have to get your heart back. It's as simple as that. It all waits on that. In the Psalms, David says the most remarkable thing in Psalm 119. 
he says, I run in the path of your commands because you have set my heart free. (laughs) Whoa. I mean, if that could be the song of your life, if that could be true of us as men, oh, I run. I run. In another place in the Psalms, it says, like a horse in open country, I run. Okay, I run, right, in the path of God because you set my heart free. Whoa, whoa, that, that's, that's worth chasing. That, that is an offer that's, once you taste it, you realize it's, it's worth everything. You'd sell absolutely everything to have that because everything else in your life waits on it. So what would it look like? What would it look like? I want to start there. What would it look like um, to be a man who is alive and free, closer to wholeness than we are at this point? What would it look like to be a man who is deeply and genuinely true? To be true. Jesus says something absolutely remarkable about Nathaniel. He says, ah, here is a man in whom there is nothing false. (laughs) Holy cow. I mean, most of us wrestle with being primarily false, you know. (laughs) That would be remarkable. That would be astounding. Yes. Yes, show me that. Well, if you could get a good picture of Jesus, you could get a good picture of that. And I don't mean Jesus of the stained glass. Jesus is the most remarkable person you will ever meet. Um, And he is the most difficult person to get to know, not because of who he is, but because of all that's been draped over him, right? All of the, just the religious nonsense and the silly things that have been said about Jesus over the years. If we could just meet him as he is, well, then you'd have the real deal, right? Because he was a man. He, he didn't come as a woman, right? Kind of basic, but we sort of forget this. We kind of end up thinking Jesus is kind of this kind of fuzzy figure, sort of spiritual, kind of, kind of male, but ooh, I don't know, you know? Um, like maleness is not like really important to him. Yes, it is. He called himself the son of man. Of all the names, that was his favorite for himself. He uses the expression a number of times in the Gospels of himself. And among the many things it means, he says, I'm it. I'm the deal. This is what it looks like. Right? If you hadn't been assaulted, stolen, surrendered, seduced, all of that, right? I'm it. This is what humanity looks like, but this is what masculinity especially looks like. So if we could get a good picture of Jesus, oh, it's worth everything because it would change so many of your thoughts about him and about the Christian life in really good ways. It's just so much easier to follow him and love him and, and, and find life in him. Okay, so that's where we're going to start. Um, we're going to start with two pictures of Jesus to kind of put up for the weekend just by way of some clarity. The first um, comes from the movie Braveheart. Many of you have probably seen it. Uh, It's been a number of years probably since you've seen it. It is a remarkable story. It's a true story based on 
um, a commoner, a man named William Wallace, who actually was in seminary. He was studying theology when um, he received this incredible passion, this stirring in his soul to free Scotland from a ruthless oppressor, Edward the Longshanks. Edward I was one of the most ruthless, ruthless kings. He was the guy that came up with drawn and quartered, doing that to people. That was his invention, okay? And he had Scotland under his fist, right? So this movie is actually a parallel of the gospel, as most really good stories are. It draws all of its power from the gospel. You have a kingdom that is under a dark lord. First John 5, now the whole world lies under the power of the evil one, okay? And then you have this man who comes to set his people free. It's just extraordinary. Now, early in the story, these guys, I mean, they're just a handful of knuckleheads, right? And the disciples, however we may venerate them. <laughs> I mean, these guys, you know, are barely enough to screw a light bulb in together. And, and so Wallace has got this group of guys and they're starting this revolution, right? It's freedom. And, and um, at first it goes pretty well because they kind of run out of the woods and sack a fort or something and then they run back. Well, this moment in the story is what I want to come to because this is such a beautiful picture, I think, of something of the heart of Jesus, of what he's like as a man. This is the, it's going to be um, the first major battle with England. Longshanks has sent his entire northern army to squelch this rebellion. And the Highlanders have come down to join Wallace. They don't know where he is right now at the moment, but they've all shown up on this field. This is an extraordinary picture of the Pharisees and the inability of Phariseeism to give a man back his heart, to do anything helpful for him whatsoever. And then something else, something like getting caught up in a greater story and something about being given an identity and a role and a place in it and this idea of, yeah, run and you'll live a while, right? I mean, Wallace, what he appeals to is to show that a life lived in fear is no life at all. A life lived in compromise and self-preservation and capitulation, right? The Pharisees, wait until we've negotiated, right? Jesus said, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, right? Exactly. And most of what we do as men is some version of that, some version of trying to create safety, control, order, you know, get a little something coming our way. We try and, and get a safe little life, and, it, and it's no life at all. It's none. Hope you enjoyed that little piece of John's session on... The Heart of a Man. The Heart of a Man is a small part of the larger Platinum Collection, and you can order the larger Platinum Collection at ransomedheart.com slash Platinum Collection. And for more resources, you can go to our iTunes store or ransomedheart.com. Join us next week when our podcast focuses on the larger story. 